So I am incredibly excited for you guys to dive into today's episode where I actually get the opportunity to interview Ridgely Goldsboro, who is the founder of Mind Types, uh, which is a company really centered around identifying your belief systems and more importantly, the belief systems of your ideal customers so you can create messaging that attracts the right customers and repels the wrong ones. Um, so we dive into that. Um, obviously, Ridgely has an incredible background. I knew him as the uh, number one publisher at the time of, for the network marketing industry, but he's gone on to go out there and found over 43 companies. He's authored 17 books. One of them right now um, is around wealth kryptonite, um, kind of identifying, again, those avatars and the challenges that we have uh, when it comes to accumulating and attracting wealth. Um, so we're definitely going to get into it today, and I'm excited for you guys to uh, to get some content. So enjoy. Here's the big question. What if you had to start over from scratch and build a business with limited time and resources? Maybe the economy just pulled the rug out from under you, or you're in a business that's underperforming or a career that's going nowhere. How would you flip the switch to go from where you're at to where you want to go? A profitable business that supports your family and allows you to live the life you were meant to live. My name is Jason Liu, and each week I'm going to bring you guests that are further down the road while documenting my own journey. Welcome to the business of feeling good. Ridgely, thanks for thanks for joining us. Thanks for spending the time. I'm excited to be here, Jay Lou. It's always good to hang with you. Um, let's dive in because it's been a bit since we have last connected. Um, things are a bit different at the moment, um, though maybe not as much for for people like you and I in the business world. Though I know pivots are are, are coming right now, um, but I'd love to catch up in terms of projects because last we talked, I had this incredible book from you that had these superheroes on them. Um, it was probably like five years ago about personality types. Um, and I know you were doing a bunch also with kind of this idea behind your why and really finding your why. So catch me up a little bit about what's going on in the life of Ridgely. So those uh, little superheroes actually come from mind types. So knowing your mind type, what's your mind type? And your mind type is in essence, the personification of your belief system. And in that sense, it is why you do what you do. Because no one does anything without a belief. You don't get out of bed in the morning unless you believe it's better than staying under the covers. You don't eat unless you believe it's going to fill your belly. And you certainly don't go to work unless you believe you're going to be rewarded. Nobody does anything without a belief system. And at the end of the day, your belief system shapes why you think the way you think, why you speak the way you speak, why you do literally everything that you do. And it creates a mind type. of uh, Everybody has a primary mind type, a secondary mind type. And it's never going to change because it's how you survive in the world. So to know that is super important. And as you mentioned, I've written a bunch of books. Five of them were on emotional intelligence and brain biology. And so the mind type is knowing how your mind works, how decisions are made, the chip that basically runs those decisions for you. So I help people to figure those out, figure out their mind type, and then how to use that to create authentic messaging that attracts great clients to you like a giant magnet. Because at the end of the day, as we all know, Jason, great clients make for a great business and a great life. 
and bad clients make your life miserable. So we want to reject the bad ones automatically and attract the good ones. So that's what I've been working on. So how did you, how did this all come about? Because I know that you'd spent a ton of time. Um, your obviously your background is personal development, personal growth. Um, but what sent you on this journey specifically? Um, was there some sort of moment or something that happened that said, Hey, I really need to figure out how to better understand or better communicate to my audience. Yeah, hundred percent. What happened was I, I wrote my first article on your why, what's your why, know your why, understand your why in 1999. So it was a long time ago before it was popular, right? Before this got to be a big buzzword. And then the problem was what I was talking about is what is the essence of who you are? How do you make decisions? How do you view the world? What is the lens through which you see everything that captures the, the real you? And that's your why. But people started talking about, you know, my why is my kids. My why is retiring my mom. My mom, and I was like, that's not at all what I'm talking about. And there was no way to own the space. So what was crazy is I came up with, all right, I'm going to change this why thing to what's the avatar, what's your avatar based on your why? So in other words, okay, I'm cool. I got this. What's your avatar uh, based on your why? Why do you do what you do? And then everybody starts talking about their client avatar, their business avatar, their consumer avatar. I'm like, oh, no, not again the second time in a row. And literally uh, a dear friend and partner called me up and said, I got it. I said, what? He said, you're going to call your work mind types. What's your mind type? You can own it completely. You can define it any way you want. Nobody can take it away from you. And mindtypes.com is available. And I was like, what? You serious? Let's grab that sucker right now. And I switched from talking about what's your why to what's the avatar based on your why to what is your mind type based on your why. It's the same thing, finding out who you are inside and how you can express that to the world so that you attract people who believe what you believe and surround yourself with an incredible tribe. And it's, it's a phenomenal uh, concept and product because everybody that's in business and everybody in life wants to be surrounded by great people. And it's not going to happen by accident. You have to proactively do something to express who you are so that you attract those who feel a lot like you, who resonate with you. And those are the people that end up being, you know, raving fans, ambassadors of your business, etc. And the others can go somewhere else where they're more comfortable. We don't need everybody. You just want great people to work with. So that's what I do. That's incredible. Um, so if we want to better understand mind types um, and understand what drives what drives our belief systems and the decisions we make, can you give us a little bit of an overview? Because I'm sure there are people listening that are like, I wonder where I fit into all this. Like, are there a certain number of um, categories that people fit into? Yeah, there's seven mind types and I'll run through them really quickly. Number one is the giver, the person that wants to make a difference, add value, have an impact with all that they do, constantly looking to contribute in some way. Number two, the connector, the person for whom bonds and relationships are everything. These are people who can be totally trusted. They do what they say they're going to do. They honor their commitments. They show up when they say they're going to show up because trust is their number one core value. Number three, the problem solver. The problem solver is the person who takes in lots of data and information, 
soaks it all in, processes it, and comes up with options, alternatives, solutions for others. They make sense out of things. They clarify things. They simplify things. And they give us possibilities. Number four, the innovator. The innovator is the person who is constantly looking for a better way to do everything, full of fresh ideas, new initiatives, continuously asking the question, well, what about this? What about that? How about this? How about that? Number five, the perfectionist. The person for whom systems and order are everything. There's a right way to do things and things should be done right. If you do A, then B, then C, then D, you can predict what E looks like. Uh, you can establish order, eliminate chaos, and be really, really organized. Number six, the rebel. The rebel is the person who thinks differently, lives outside the box, constantly challenging the norm, the order, and especially the status quo. These are disruptors who come out and make things different, and they establish a new normal for themselves and those who embrace what they're doing. And lastly, number seven, the master, the person with massive brain power, huge intellectual capabilities that is always looking to take things to another level. They want to go deeper on subjects. How much more can they absorb? They're the kind of people that would buy an ant farm just to watch the ants and try to figure out how those little creatures can be so remarkably productive. So again, the giver, contribute, add value, make a difference. The connector, bonds, relationships, and trusts. The problem solver, make sense, clarify, simplify things for others. The innovator, always looking for a better way to do everything. The perfectionist, seeking the right way to do things and establishing order. The rebel, living outside the box, challenging the status quo. And the master, always looking to take things to another level and go deeper on any topic. Incredible. So those are the seven. Incredible. Um, when we look at the list and let's say we're looking at the idea of connecting with an audience or even as basic as let's say just being on social media right now, what are some of the mistakes you see um, when people don't know their personality or mind type? So one of the things that happens is we, we use the golden rule in marketing and messaging. Do unto others, speak unto others, communicate unto others in the way that you would like to be communicated to. And that implies that on some level, we're all the same and we're not. So it would be a lot smarter to communicate to others in the way they would like to be communicated to if they're the right fit. So the way you do that is by getting much more clear on who you are and how you can express that so that people have the option of raising their hand and saying, wow, I love that Jason Liu guy. I want to hang out with him. I resonate with him. He's my kind of people. He gets me. I get him. Okay, cool. Well, you've got to be able to do that. And each mind type has a series of keywords. So... If you know your mind type and you know your keywords, you can talk to the limbic or decision-making part of the brain. The brain is made up of two huge sections. One is the neocortex, which we call the thinking brain, that's responsible for logic, data, information, benefits, features, speech, language, important. Obviously, we're understanding each other right now because of it. And then there's the feeling brain or the limbic brain, the heart space. Here's what most people don't understand. People make decisions based on a feeling and then they justify them based in logic. And it's always in that order. 
People make decisions based on things like loyalty and trust, and then they run through their ticker and say, okay, is that right? Is that, am I good? Okay, cool. And so most marketing and messaging talks about what I do, what I sell, what I make, what I offer, blah, blah, blah. And nobody cares because somebody else offers the exact same thing. People want to know, who are you? What do you stand for? What are you about? And can you genuinely and authentically express that? So you give me the right and the option to vote for you if I feel like it, because you're telling me who you are. If you think about, Jay, think about this. Hmm. You do not have a single friend that you care about what they do. You only care about who they are and what they stand for. And does that resonate with you? Can you relate to what they're talking about? What they do is entirely secondary. So marketing and communicating and connecting with people for your business is the same. Nobody cares about what you do. They want to know who are you? What do you believe? What do you stand for? And can you effectively communicate so that you give them the right, the option, the possibility of joining you and using your products, your services, or connecting with you through your tribe? So we, it's just, especially with what's going on in the world right now, with this uncertainty and chaos, it's more important than ever to communicate who you are to the world because otherwise you're just going to get lost in this morass of incredible volumes of communication that are bombarding us all day long. And, and, and you just get lost in all of that. If you don't stand out somehow by being real, you're going to get lost. Hmm. I think that's such a great point because there is, there's so much uncertainty right now, especially with what's happening. It's a new economy. It's a new world right now. Um, I've had a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of clients come back and ask how to adapt to the situation. And some of our listeners are um, people with businesses. Um, they could be entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, small businesses um, that are online that are looking to kind of adapt to this new world. And we also have people that are looking to become entrepreneurs for the first time. Um, can you talk a little bit about why you think that there's opportunity right now? Um, why there's a chance for someone to do some great work during this time of, I'm not too sure what's happening in the world. Yeah. So, so there's two reasons. One is strictly logistics and the other is much more deep, much more profound. The logistics is everybody's stuck at home, <laughs> which means everybody's getting online. So the pie, if you will, the market is expanding dramatically and exponentially based on the fact that we're all self-isolated, or at least most of us are. And so the opportunity from a sheer numbers perspective is obviously growing uh, tremendously right now. But that comes to point number two. You have to do something to stand out from the fact that so many people are getting online that it's almost overwhelming the amount of information and materials so that's where contribution comes in. What can you do to make a difference? What can you do to be to offer something? So I, for example, uh, decided to start a Facebook Live every morning. So every morning now, uh, I've only been at it a couple of weeks, but every single morning I'm finding something encouraging to talk about, finding some famous people to offer some quotes, who give us some perspective and brighten our day. My intention is that this is a training ground for me to possibly come out with a podcast to share some of the knowledge that I have. Again, another free offering to the world. So what can you do to provide value to others at a time when we need more encouragement, we need more positivity, 
We need to get past the fear and anxiety and stress and whatever. And if you can do that now, you can position yourself really well. You may be able to uh, benefit financially from it today, but you most certainly can position yourself to benefit financially in the future once this pandemic is over. I completely agree. And uh, I think I've had a lot of different mentors, yourself included, come back and say that it's an incredible time to build a tribe right now. It's an incredible time to go out there and build just an audience that you can serve and that you can help right now. Um, I have a tangent question actually for you because um, throughout the years, I've always known you as someone that's had incredible quotes and you've always been able to reference quotes. So this is a bit left field here, but I just wanted to ask, do you have a method of saving quotes or is your mind been trained to just to just grab them. Like how have you always been able to like you on demand, dude, have quotes. Um, and they're the coolest, most profound things. So I have, so I have to give credit to one of my speaking mentors, Les Brown, who's a really good friend, the motivator. And, uh, he was the one who started me writing down quotes. So I literally started with, I have a little black book. My little black book is 100% full of quote after quote after quote that I've written down. But wait a second. And in my hand, you'll see uh, that I now, obviously most people are just listening, but now I have a little black book in each hand because I filled up my little black book full of quotes. And then I had to get another little black book. So I have multiple black books full of quotes. And then I have the treasury of quotes from Jim Rohn, the treasury of quotes from the Success Trading Network, the treasury of quotes from Brian Tracy, the treasury of quotes from Zig Ziglar. Uh, in fact, if you'd like some, I'll send you some, Jay, because I got lots of them. In fact, some of them I have duplicates. Here's Zig Ziglar twice. There yeah, you that's go. awesome. <laughs> it's like seriously Batman's utility belt of quotes. Like it's like exactly right. <laughs> whenever I, I find you, you've got this quote. No, okay. Here's here's another question. I don't want to give away any secret sauce, but when you build out content, you build out trainings. Do you start with the quote or do you, do you create the content and then come back to the quote? So I start with a theme and then I look for quotes that support the theme. Hmm. So this morning, for example, my theme was empathy and I wanted to share a story about empathy, which I did. And then I got my quote repertoire and looked for what quotes came from people that were profound that dealt with the topic of empathy. One of them was Barack Obama, for example. And and I'll use those to say, look, this is what so-and-so said. This is what so-and-so said. What's really cool about that is kind of the same thing that you're doing with a podcast. You end up being a curator of information from credible sources. So when I'm quoting Barack Obama or this famous author or that famous person or whatever, then I'm curating credible information. So that puts me in a position of authority as being the curator. At any fantastic, let's think about the Metropolitan Museum in New York. The curator there is an incredibly important and famous, well-known person. And they may have never painted a single painting in their life. All they do is know lots and lots of information about these incredible artists and how to communicate that. So you as a podcaster, myself as a person who creates a lot of content, if I know where to go to get the information, then that by extension grants me that authority. I become an authority figure on something using the information of others, which is a great strategy to to, to use. And, And that's what I do. So I start with a theme and then I go find the quotes. That's incredible. And then do you always, do you have, 
a way of concluding content um, or it sounds funny, but I got the question actually two days ago. Someone asked like, how do you come up with the end of your content? Um, and I honestly, poor, poor, probably training on me, don't give it enough thought. I had a mentor early on that was always just like, you know, you, you might want to think about how you want to leave them, how you want to make them feel. But I know that you've been so technically trained. Is there, is there a way to conclude a training piece or conclude a training that you go to? So I, in that sense, beginning with the end in mind is really important, right? So, so in that case, so I pick a theme like empathy and I know instinctively at this point that what I'm going to do is at the end, I'm going to ask people, what can you do to be more empathetic? What have you done that has worked for you? Can you share that with us? But that's because this is the forum of Facebook lives. If I was in a different forum, I'd have to consider what does that look like? Because I, to your point, I do not want to leave an open loop. I want to close the loop for people so that they feel complete with the communication. There is a start, there is a middle, and there is an end that gives someone that satisfied feeling when they leave this moment with Ridgely or moment with Jason. I want to make sure that they feel good about that, that they, that they value that it was a good use of their time. If we leave them with an open loop, then unfortunately, they're going to feel funny. They're going to feel incomplete. They're going to feel strange. And that's not what you want if you're building a tribe and looking for loyalty, looking for uh, relationship. So Facebook Live, it's easy because there's always a call to action. Hey, if you enjoyed that, share it with your friends, post a comment, leave me a like, something like that. That's relatively easy. But I try to make it related to the topic of the day, whatever Mm -hmm. that is. Uh, yesterday I was talking about kindness. Who can you be kind to today? What can you do to be kind to yourself? What does that look like? And posing a question. If it's a more of a formal training, a longer training, then I'm going to begin with what is the objective and how do we get there? And how do I make sure that I tie out all the loose ends and leave people feeling complete? Got it. Let's, uh, let's circle back to kind of where we're at currently right now, just a little bit, um, because you did mention the topic of kindness and empathy. And I know there are a lot of people that are trying to make good decisions, make um, steps forward, be, um, I guess you could say, just getting stuff done during this time right now, yet their feeling of uncertainty or not knowing what to do um, kind of cripples them. And I've been at different times in my life as well, where I felt like, fear was stopping me from moving forward or making decisions or just getting stuff done when it came to my business. Do you have any advice? And I know that's a very broad statement here um, in terms of kind of getting back to centering yourself a little bit um, so that you can be productive or show up for your family um, or be the best version of you. Yeah, so I do actually. And I've been having this conversation a lot with uh, other business people saying, okay, how are you holding up in this? And there seems to be a general agreement that critical thinking, strategic thinking is a little bit more difficult than ordinarily because there's this virus craziness, et cetera, occupying a lot of rent-free space in our mind all the time. Like, what's it looking? Who's doing what? Who's sh- where's shut down? Where's reopening? What? Well, that person's nuts. That politician's crazy. I mean, there's just an endless amount of noise that we're not used to that we have to deal with. So some people um, are going to take the approach of, ah, this is awesome, man. While everybody else is sleeping, 
I'm a creeping. And by the time we get out of here, I'll be the rocket ship leaving those suckers in the dust. Right? There's that kind of a mentality. And then there's the other mentality that says, uh, wow, I just think it's time for us to just regroup and just you know, chill and let's just see how this all unfolds and da, da, da. And personally, I've gotten to a place of saying, how about a little bit of both? How about we do things to continue moving the line, but we're not trying to crush it in the marketplace? And so what I've done is I've lowered my expectations for myself on a daily basis Hmm. to if ordinarily I'm used to doing six things a day, now I'm going to be happy with three things a day. And therefore, embracing the kindness, embracing the gentility, even to myself, is important but let's make sure we move the line. And by the way, moving the line was the, uh, the mantra of the Kansas City Royals, who in 2014 lost Game 7 of the World Series and then came back in 2015 and set up this mantra was, move the line, let's hit a single. Move the line, let's hit a single. Move the line, let's hit a single. We don't need home runs right now. A lot of singles, a lot of singles. And in 2015, they won the World Series. So I've adopted that motto of move the line every day, do a little bit every day, but don't drive yourself nuts because you're pushing the big ball up a steep hill as opposed to when you come over the hill and it rolls down on its own. That's not where we are today. Things are different. Things are weird. People's mindsets is crazy out there. So I like the approach of lower your expectations, but move the line. Do something every day. To, to go forward in your business, your enterprise, your personal headspace, whatever that looks like. At the very least, you can sharpen your own saw and prepare yourself for the future to come out of this uh, with more skills, with more uh, abilities, uh, with a greater understanding, more knowledge. That's the least you can do. Maybe there's much more that you can do uh, than that and not having to freak yourself out. Does... Speaking of like saw sharpening right now, do you have non-negotiables or, I mean, I guess now is a bit different, right? But were there non-negotiables on the table of like, this is what I've got to do in order to keep rigidly sharp? Um, You know, I think it's been very much of, it's been in the media now and it's like a buzzword to say, look, you know, like what's your morning routine or what do you do to, you know, stay on top of things? But are there things that, you know, you've practiced because you've had an incredible, though it's still... I don't even know if it, you've gotten to the, the 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 apex or the peak of where you want to go, but it's been an incredible career to watch you be able to impact the amount of lives that you've been able to change, the number of businesses you started. Um, so kind of what keeps you sharp? So it's a great question, and the answer is twofold. Number one, I'm very, very diligent about a spiritual practice. So I, uh, I get up and I do prayers, and, and I mean, in my case, it's chanting, and so I maintain or do my best to maintain a high life condition as much as I possibly can. And I think this is very important because if you have a low life condition, if you're in a bad mood, everything you do is touched by the bad mood. Everything you see is influenced by the bad mood you're in or the low mood you're in or the low condition you're in. Whatever it is, everything you touch, everything you look at, everything that you're around is influenced by whatever your life condition is. And therefore, maintaining as high a life condition as you can is imperative for every single thing you do in your life, including joy and happiness, right? Mm -hmm. 
So to me, having a strong spiritual practice, whatever that is for you, I think is really important to maintain a high life condition. And the second thing is I am a ferocious learner and I never stop. I'm always in one program or another. I have more degrees than any three people need. And, uh, and it's something that I truly enjoy. I love like doing this new Facebook live thing for me. It's kind of fun. It's like, okay, got to get up in the morning, got to find something to talk about. And it's an everyday thing. Okay. Sharp. So to me, the, the two are, what are your habits and rituals that are keeping you in shape mentally, emotionally, and physically, number one. And number two, what are you doing to continually learn to stay humble and understand that you're never going to arrive? Hmm. It is always going to be a journey. Hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, You know, one of the things that you really touched on there was always being in courses, always learning. you know, I think there's such a great, uh, it's such a golden age right now for learning in general. I think there's so many courses, there's so many things, so many places that you can dial in for inspiration and people to learn from right now. I know one of the areas that you've really spent time on is making sure that you're, I guess it's different now, but being in the right room or necessarily like being around the right people. You've had incredible uh, abilities to connect with some of the greatest marketers, some of the greatest speakers. um, And that's always been a part of it. Um, Has that been something that's always been very um, intentional in terms of wanting to connect with these people and wanting to learn from the best um, in order to kind of shorten down that time for you? A hundred percent. Super intentional. What I realize is if you want to be really smart, Surround yourself with really smart people because then you learn what they know, you use what they know, and then you come across as being really smart, even if you're not. (laughs) So it's like a little secret. So I make a point of going to, obviously we're not traveling at this moment, so I'm doing it virtually, but I'm attending a mastermind with high level thinkers in multiple different areas of life all the time. Like there's, there's never a month that goes by that I'm not at least in two, three, four different mastermind sessions with experts in their field, learning what they know and then communicating and connecting with them afterwards. So I was just in an online contest um, for a thing called Experts Road Academy uh, where they were talking about developing online products. And I, uh, I came in number two in the contest winners of who sent the most people there. I immediately contacted number one and number three to say, congratulations. It was fun competing with you. Hey, why don't we get together? And by the way, this happened last Friday. So Friday last week, this happens now Monday that we're recording this. And I have a call tomorrow, Tuesday with number three and Wednesday with number one, because Mm. obviously if they're in my space and they're competing with me, then they probably have, and they won the contest. They probably have a list of people that we could do some cross promotions with, do something together. And they're obviously smart. So I want to, so it's like, how do I constantly network with smart people? How do I get in contact with them? How do I have conversations with them so that I myself myself stay sharp also? That's awesome. I love that. I love that. 
Ridgely, where um where can folks come find you? Where can they come hang out? I know you've got projects in the works right now, and I know folks should definitely plug into your your content. Obviously, your daily inspiration on Facebook here, but I know you got a bunch of stuff where people really want to go deep. They can come find you. So, kind of, what's the best way for them to kind of get a hold of you? I think the best thing to do to kick it off is to go to mindtypes.com forward slash quiz and take the quiz to find out what your mind type is. Because that to me is like a great starting point. It's all about you. And I just want to remind everybody out there, you are really important, especially to you. So knowing about you and knowing your mind type is kind of like being reintroduced to yourself. So you can go to mindtypes.com and you can get to the quiz or you can go to mindtypes.com forward slash quiz and get directly to the quiz. Either way, it's free and it's super fun and you can discover your mind type. That's a great first step. And then after that, you know, you end up being able to ch- track me down at info at mindtypes.com or whatever you want. Happy to serve, uh, happy to help you in any way that I can. I appreciate it, Rachel. Thanks for uh, thanks for writing in the day. It's 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 always incredible connecting with you. You've always got so many stories, but what I love most is just you've got this energy. No matter where I'm at, I I am always smiling if I get a chance to see you. So thank you for sharing that with me. Well, let me tell you, I'll end with this quote on kindness. I happen to have it from my little black book right please, here. Please come from Amelia Earhart. Okay, and she said, "A single act of kindness throws out roots in all directions." And the roots spring up and make new trees. The greatest work that kindness does to others is that it makes them kind themselves. There you go. My pleasure, brother. Always Friend. great to hang out with you. Same. We'll share a glass of wine soon. I look forward to that. Cheers, my friend. Cheers for now. Thanks again. I hope you guys grabbed some great value out of today's conversation. If you want to further the conversation, I'd love to meet you personally. We've got a free Facebook community that you can dive into, free content, more resources, and I do lives every single week where I get a chance to interact with you and help coach you on exactly what you need. If you want to find it, you can find us at The Business of Feeling Good, or you can search the hashtag BOFG. Again, that's hashtag BOFG. If you like this episode, please share it. I'd love to hear from you. Your comments, your reviews truly mean so much to me. It's the lifeblood of what keeps me going, and it's how I craft the content that's better going to impact you. I look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. Until then, cheers. Cheers.